huh, well, we should start up a Patreon at some point, but we're beholding the nobody, you know. That's right. Well, we we would do a calendar. Cal oh. Al alternating, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, wash we can do a car wash to raise funds yeah. and stuff. We can both wear bikinis. No. <laughs> well, I was thinking, oh, like, the pinup calendar. Like, those are, like, yeah. going away. Nobody does. You, you remember, like, every garage and every shop had a pinup calendar of naked ladies all over the place? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm totally thinking about that, too. But with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like we could like dress up and whatnot, like pose in Montana, different times of the year in different Montana environments. My, you know, it'll take a year to create it because we've got to do it. Like you know, photo of each each month has to be yes. taken in its month. You uh, know, it's got to be. Would you like to lovingly lead us created? With you could be Miss January. Miss January, cool. I'm down. Yeah, we gotta figure it out. But yeah, you know, just have uh, outdoorsy Montana full pictures. Maybe like you know. Just things the same, Montana. Ooh. <laughs> well, this winter, it's a real winter. Anyway, well, I, I suppose we might as well uh, start a thing here. We are in, uh, what are we up to? Okay. Season, well, we're season three, episode five. We. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think. Uh, what, what number you broke at? So we know how many sections we're doing in a season. Uh, we need, really need to try to keep up and be more organized, which is going to bring me to the next thing about all the stuff where to find us. Of course, our email is Montana Voices Podcast at gmail.com. Inquiries, complaints, threats, whatever there. And then we have a whole bunch yes. of other stuff. Yeah, threats even. We'll, we'll accept them. And also, and yes. if you have the insight or if you have conversation topics or something that we might be interested in, that is probably your best bet to send it. But we're also on everything. We have our own website where you might be listening to this or on iTunes, Google Play, your podcast aggregator of your choice, doesn't really matter. We have a TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. They're all Montana Voices podcast. And they're all, I can't remember the last time I updated. Bryce used to update the Twitter. He was stealing office supplies, so we had to let him go. Oh. Well, let's uh, dive right in with a recap of our old stuff. The uh, episode four, we led with Corey Stapleton Music. Um, but we're not going to do that again. Sounds good. It was, you can find out for yourself. He's on the uh, Spotify and all that stuff. But we uh, we talked about those Clinton people who are getting national attention, and they're nothing new there, but there is a short update. We, of course, got national attention from Reason.com, some left-wing sites as well, uh, on this specific issue. Getting louder, the uh, Realtor Association delayed that to the trial or the hearing they were going to do on it, and so now there is not a hearing, or as far as I know, there's no date scheduled for it. So we don't know what's going to happen to Huber, the pastor from Glidden Church. Not good. So when there is something new on that, we'll come up with that. Um, the mandate was struck down, and it's back, or it's not back. I haven't kept up with that back and forth. It's got to go to a different court. But all I do yep. know is Tester was opposing the health care mandate, which I, I did not... I did not spot him for. I, I thought he would be on the uh, the left side of that, but apparently not. Yeah, I would kind of expect that too. Unusual. You don't know which way it's going to go anymore. Then again, he is a Montanan Democrat, so he's... Yeah, going to make some concessions. The Concessions, and they're both really sort of Republicans, or at least they're center-right, I think, is probably uh, where you gotta, tester. Definitely got to appeal to him out here, for sure. I mean, look at his voting... You know history. I mean, big support of military spending, big support of VA, which of course 
I am in yeah. big support of as well. Not so much military mm-hmm. spending, but if you're going to have it, you have to support the VA, in my opinion. Eh, Got to patch up our boys. There should be a lot more resources going to that. He's mm-hmm. also on the infrastructure bill because he's kind of a leftist. You know, Montana has always been a, uh, we take in more money than we send back to Washington. So we've got to get our pork, of course. That is historical. <laughs> but Indeed. Uh, other old topics. Uh, we must arm the children. We talked about that. And they... Oh, I can't remember now. What was the last update? Are they armed or not? We uh, aren't. Right. We struck down the no permit concealed carry on campuses. Oh, yeah. Not be doing that on the campuses. The shooting. Prefer- ideally not. Unless it's a shooting campus. If you're at gun school, then... Yeah. I- I'm imagining some kind of weird anime gun university. That would be pretty sweet. We uh, talked about... Uh, the path to universal health care, angry tweets, uh, and how that pertains to Missoula property development, which wasn't happening last we knew for the old Missoulian building, and and why old buildings don't get torn down. But great news. The Laurel Burger King that closed down when I was managing it over 10 years ago has finally been torn down. So I didn't know you were managing in Laurel. In Laurel and Billings Heights. Huh. Started out Crazy, in Laurel. I thought that was in town. There. Uh, nope, I was never a manager in Great Falls, so I had to move to do that. And you know, when there's a lot of crap, you sometimes if you're not you know a meth head, you rise to the top. And when I moved, yeah. to, <laughs> when I moved to Billings, the entire all the Burger Kings were in such absolute chaos and disarray. They're like, this guy seems all right, and so I <laughs> rose sort of to the top of that. But luckily, I uh, got fired and no longer have a career in fast food. Uh shucks. <laughs> I know, best thing that ever happened. And we cover this uh, sort of this odd tidbit bit of uh, Greg Gianforte investing nearly 700000 in Pfizer pre-pandemic. Did, did we discuss that last time? You know, I think you should probably remind us again what he what did he invest in? Uh, $700,000 into Pfizer stock in 2018. So late 2018, right before anything interesting happened. Weird how that worked out. And then the last topic we discussed in our last cast, that was Season 3, Episode 4, was the Grizzly Endangered Species Act delisting. The Grizzlies are no longer delisted, right? Correcto. Well, let's run into our first topic, which is uh, involving accurately citing Adrian Jawort. He's the guy that's sort of, he's an uh, Indian activist. He's uh, Northern Cheyenne, as I recall. Since we had a number of uh, anti-trans bills going through this last legislative session, him and... uh, I don't know if you call them a posse, but there was a group of guys that were protesting at the Capitol or were making their presence known at the Capitol. And that's how our hate speech guy, who we won't even name anymore, but he is coming to Great Falls on the radio. I'm not even going to tell you where. Yes, it's an AM radio station that nobody listens to, that Montana Daily Gazette, those people, they also, they they run right-wing consulting. They run their own little publication called Montana Daily Gazette, where every article tells you how good Montana Daily Gazette is, in case you forget. Every single one is going to say they're the best news organization in the state. I've already forgotten them. Exactly. Well, they also run an air radio station out of Hardin, and their big claim to fame, they they say it all the time, is you can hear us in Billings. This is an AM radio station. Oh my gosh, what a slogan. Yep, we are very proud of it. However, having somewhat recently been to Billings... I can tell you that that's not the case. You cannot pick up that radio station in Billings. <laughs> and their leader, this hate pastor out of Sydney, you can you can figure it out who it is. We're going to stop naming him. These people love attention. 
And if they don't get it, they're not going to go away. They're going to escalate. But and if they get attention, they're going to escalate. So what can you do? Um, but he just just cut off the blood supply to the, the tumor and give it what it wants. Don't feed it. Right. Well, we're trying not to by not mentioning their names. <laughs> But he was on his uh, We Follow, and I know I mentioned this last cast, that we go to seedy, awful places such as hate websites to see if there's any truth to anything they're saying. And sometimes there is, and we verify that. Like, example, that uh, $700,000 that Greg Gianforte invested into Pfizer, that we found out from this hate group. We, tr- we don't trust, but we verify. He's a personal blog where he was talking about coming to an AM radio station in Great Falls. And his he was doing the same thing he does about Harding and Billings. He's like, the Capitol can pick up that AM radio station. And it cannot. I was just there. And 40 miles, you cannot even get it in Conrad. You can barely hear it up there. And something is interfering with it. So I don't know if it's going to reach Helena. Probably not. Back to Adrian Jaworg. He's the, uh, the trans uh, Northern Cheyenne protester who is at the Capitol. I, and I do prefer not to link Facebook pages. However, the domain page is no longer under their control. Somebody took it over or they let it lapse. And his personal website, oh dear. where he does off-the-press publishing LLC, which publishes um, native stuff written by, by natives. He has a number of compilation books out. And he has a full book, which I've just bought. I haven't, haven't gotten through it yet. I'm like only five pages in. I'll, I'll let you know. There's also a, a .com, but that's not yet set up. So he has a book out, and it's only $0.99 cents for 280 pages, which is a uh, a good deal, if you ask me. It's called Moonrise Falling, A Modern Gothic Tale by Adrian Jaward. It's available on Kindle for $0.99 cents or paperback for fourteen ninety five, and runs straight to OPI. And Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. The, that's all right. The next thing is OPI and Arntzen. Um, she got a letter from all the uh, AA schools in Montana uh, with a letter of no confidence, which apparently, uh, according to interviews that I've seen with her, caught her off guard and she's very surprised. And I thought it was uh, relevant to maybe another article I saw recently, how the OPI staff, and we reported on this, has some, was it 80 or 90% turnover? I just pulled Good up the article. Good lord, that's that's totally insane. <laughs> that's that's worse than most Burger Kings I know from a fact. <laughs> but <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, and it is, because um, these are the people uh, helping to shape public instruction, and apparently there's they're all newbies over there, and I can't say exactly why. The article we we were linking Montana Free Press in this, they listed that turnover, but didn't give an exact reason why, whether it was overpay, whether it was overtreatment, whether it was overmanagement. We can assume all three. However, I was going to make the note that we only have data since 2017. And I I looked and couldn't find anything before to see if that was historical or not. So that may or may not be a, a testament to Arnson's leadership, but 90% seems very high. Yeah, that just doesn't sound good. Arnson with a 90% turnover, but... We're not sure if that's a testament to her leadership or not, but we do know that the smaller schools, a single A and even down to class C schools, a number of superintendents wrote a letter of support to her, um, commending her her championing individual student rights, I think, or freedoms or whatever it is, which is personal liberties for students. And I think that's code for not having a statewide mask mandate in schools. And to leaving that up to individual counties, I think that's what they're saying she does to make huh, them happy. Yeah. 
but also she doesn't stop mask mandates, which I think they would support her in doing. Maybe it's a uh, Montana values, you know, mind your own business. Maybe, um, but <laughs> <laughs> so I can't say uh, how effective or ineffective she is because we don't have historical data. And when it's Mont- her business, how effective she is. Right, it's individuals. It's <laughs> well. Let's. Uh, so I suppose with that ethos in mind, she's doing great. Yep. Uh, the best leadership is no leadership, according to this, some of these folks. So, episode four, we discuss the Billings cops trying to use Corona dollars to have more law enforcement on the street, and uh, the uh, the Crow did the same thing with setting up their own police force with uh, CARES Act money. Um, which has since shut down, unfortunately. And it looks like Great Falls is uh, trying to get some new cops on the beat. They aren't using or trying to use Corona dollars or anything, but apparently there's new grants available from the feds on this subject. That is right. Uh, I've never personally gotten the impression that Great Falls didn't have enough law enforcement. Um, I've never noticed that. But uh, I can appreciate the concept of people who are trained for mental health uh, type situations in particular, which just seems to be their justification as for why they would like to get these other officers here. Uh, three officers. Of course, uh, how much of the grant? I believe it was about uh, half of it is going to be paid for the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, paying about half the cost of the grant. But if we were just to get, you know, maybe just one or two of those officers, might be able to make it go, make the whole grant cover it, and that would be kind of cool. Um, not, uh, I don't think there was any particular phone numbers or anything, uh, referenced in the article, but that is kind of the idea, uh, that I was reading there. They're hoping that they can have these people trained particularly for mental health situations. But of course, rather than using police to handle mental health issues, perhaps. every issue ever, the, uh, one hammer for everything. Yeah. Yeah, something tells me that there's things we could do to prevent the crime in the first place. Uh, Crime will continue to increase until better opportunities for people become a reality. Desperation and hopelessness are why people resort to many, many of the crimes that get in trouble with. Yeah, like like crime is a symptom of a greater problem. And uh, instead of more police, access to social and mental health care services should be perhaps made more robust. Absolutely. And when this conversation first came out, I thought that the Blue Lives people or the, you know, ardent police supporters would be all for it because we really do treat everything with cops. They're the solution to every community problem that we have. They're first on the scene, even before the ambulance, which, you know, makes sense. They can drive faster. And I guess there's more cops than there is ambulances. But yeah, that sounds about right. Um, But you'd think that alleviating some of their workload and to not put them into you know, a thousand different situations such as a, a mental health situation or a civil dispute or anything that that is non, non-violent, I, I think that's is a great asset or a great help to uh, to the police officers to have somebody specifically trained for dealing with somebody suicidal rather than them trying to use their best skills and, and do it. And some of them do, right. uh, as you know, it that's a tough job. And... A lot of them do very well, even in very adverse situations like that. But as we know, that's not always the case. That's you're not. You're sometimes you get an officer Farva or Barney Fife out there, which happens. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> you think they can't get through, and they're they're paid pretty well. I was looking at the grant money, and 
when I was looking into it a number of years ago, the first year Great Falls police officer was making about fifty five grand, which is I think more than the median income in Great Falls. So they're slightly upper middle class. And then within a year yeah. I think it goes just below sixty. So a pretty handsome raise after one year. But for the work they do, it's uh, uh we we can't be anti cop here. We uh No, 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 no. Uh I I've been very blessed, of course. I'm not some, I'm not, you know, a demographic of person that is, you know, usually has trouble with the cops. I'm just lucky. I, I've unfortunate, uh, fortunately for me, I, I haven't had any trouble, but I've met plenty of people who have, and I don't understand it. It's, and it's, sometimes I think if you're not in that category, sometimes it can be a little bit more difficult to see some of the problems with that. Oh. You just you just don't encounter it yourself. Does definitely doesn't mean it is not happening. Right, and I like to think I got the the best, or not the best of both, but certainly both. Being a you know poor brown kid in Great Falls, I experienced cops in not the most positive light repeatedly during my childhood. But as I grew up, and specifically after I got out of Great Falls, and I'm not saying this is something specific to to the Great Falls Police Department or or any others in particular, um, but those problems sort of went away there was nobody picking on me there wasn't an officer that had you know known me for who knew me by name before he even saw my face pretty much room for improvement but yeah three more cops or two more cops hopefully uh i would there's a lot of talk about putting deep when they say defund the police we're diverting resources from the police to social workers or social care networks yeah but, maybe restructuring how we use those funds right and even in places where they've done that, uh, like there's an example out of Oregon where the police were, were not defunded. And even in Missoula where, you know, Engin sort of nodded to the, the defund the police people, he still, you know, advocated for and eventually did increase police funding by several million dollars last year. Police funding's increasing, uh, but we're not devoting, I think, the defund the police and trying to put mental health people in their place does a disservice on the other side, a, a disservice to the mental health people because social workers, you know, aren't yeah. terribly well paid. Right. And also they may potentially be, you know, I mean, you can end up in harm's way too. I think it, it's uh, important for there to be, you know, kind of like liaisons between the two, between mental health and the police. Um, one can't necessarily replace the other either way. Right, and you know, they kind of really got to work together somehow, and that could be a challenge because those are two totally different cultures too. Right, and it's duplicate services, and the examples I saw where they touted this was successfully done, it was still the police, it was still the nine hundred and eleven dispatch center that was in charge of who's going out there. So they could just decide that a police police officer should go to every call, secure the scene, and whatever. Then you really are duplicating services, but. Maybe that's a discussion we can have after we implement the resources we need. Who knows? You know, maybe it's money well spent if you're... I mean, maybe you can kind of use the buddy system, you know? <laughs> yeah, every... <laughs> you know, watch out for each other a little bit and have witnesses to each other's actions so that, you know, maybe maybe it's a good thing to have two people so there can be witnesses to what's going on. Right, well, you think that's the idea of having, you know, cops ride with each other. Um, two to a car or having a second cop on scene, but I, I don't know if this is just a media portrayal of yeah. it, that there's a buddy system. Well, I don't the... think that's always the case. I mean, I usually I feel like I see most 
a lot of times I see cops driving by themselves. Yeah, driving by themselves, but any traffic stop that's more than an out headlight, there's usually a second officer getting involved. Right, yeah. Very true, very true. Good well, point. Well, we're on to drugs. On to it, the drugs. This keeps on happening. Sure does. Well, drugs are coming. Medical, or not medical, recreational marijuana, January 1st. You've got several days, and then you can buy it at your local m and or, oh my gosh. Or not the M&H, but if the M&H I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> no, uh, outside of city limits, I guess. So, yeah. Which is why you've got that uh, that green place up on the top of the hill, just barely outside of city limits, the dispensary. Oh, yeah. So it's like you're talking about elevated. Yeah. Ele- oh, well, I get it. And they're on the top of the hill. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. Oh. There's a... But soon, a whole lot more people can be fans. I don't know what that works out for supply and demand. If there's sufficient there, you would think, because it's, what do you call it, a durable good? Like, the demand for marijuana does not increase just because it's legal or not. The same people that already smoke I don't think it does. Yeah, in a lot of cases, that's the case. Unless you have, like, you know, if you were one of the first guys to first states to start legalizing then you probably had a nice big tourist market for that at this point i don't know that the boom is going to be what it would have been right and i don't know why it would be other than it seems like such a novelty i mean i don't even smoke weed but i i think it would be cool just to go buy some so right well imagine this what about weed ranch right you do the cowboy lifestyle and you get high while you do it (laughs) (laughs) i think there's a lot of people that would just love that that is a <laughs> new tech bro <laughs> developed industry. And they're doing that with all sorts of treatments. Like uh, I was reading some articles about treating uh, um, chronic depression with basically microdosing on mushrooms. I forget what the active ingredient in, in that was, but there's research to say that it's effective. But of course, we're not allowed to research that at all. But in places where it's legal, such as Oregon, there's now startups and companies where you can go pay like $750 to have a four-hour mushroom experience. Yeah, I think that uh, it's it's rough because obviously as soon as it's a cool, profitable thing, it's going to be done every every kind of way and it'll be all kinds of weird sometimes and uh, people won't have their people won't be doing it for the right reasons, unfortunately. But Well, there's money to be made, I've, so there's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's always always kind of a thing. But I think if people have their intentions in the right place it can be an incredibly helpful thing for a lot of people Uh, it's really nice to be reminded that there's more than just like your little wage cage you gotta work in and you know oh my gosh there's something more get in get out watch football deeper and more that's it yeah you know a new sensation you gotta have it you know i the price seems steep i was like mushrooms um i haven't bought mushrooms in forever but they weren't that expensive Seven hundred. That that's just oh, one mushroom mm-hmm. experience, by the way. Uh, it's like a four-hour secluded like mushroom resort, and they're doing the same thing. Or we'll be doing the same thing with LSD as well. Um, these little. It's like it's like a weed ranch. You go, you get high, you enjoy yourself, and then they charge you too much money and you leave. So there's, <laughs> it's a resort. There's actually an Invermectin yeah. resort as well. If you've uh, got COVID, oh you could, what? Yeah, you can. Do you get to do you get to pretend to be a pony? <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. You get cool. Old... <laughs> oh man. Um. Well, <laughs> am I saying it right? Invermectin or ivermectin? 
I, I have no idea. I, I mean, I'm, I'm no into doctor. horses, but I don't know I that. Know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, I know. But with with that, you can, if you uh, test positive for COVID, you could go to a ivermectin ranch where you're properly medicated. You get the monoclonals and the ivermectin at the same time. I, I think Joe Rogan did it. Uh, or so luxurious, yes. Yeah, All of the treatments experience. at once. It's, it's a, oh, a cocktail of kindness, love, and satisfaction. Heading. <laughs> Speaking of satisfaction, the heading um, on this. I got sidetracked with weed. Uh, that always that generally happens with weed. You start and then you're off in the weeds, literally. Off in the weeds. But drug money is coming to Missoula because Missoula is one of the recipients of a opioid case, opioid settlement. So... We're getting some money over here. Huh. Can't believe they put this in monetary terms. It seems... I mean, how do you do that? The uh, tens of thousands of deaths that this has caused, unnecessarily. And uh, It's yeah. funny that they would attach their brand name to that, but okay. Well, it's Jansen, uh, along with Johnson & Johnson, and Jansen. <laughs> this is... Jansen. Jan- I, I don't know Just what Jansen Just another way of does. saying Johnson, if you ask me. Jansen. Is- yeah, and Johnson and Johnson were splitting, so it's just Johnson or Johnson, right? Johnson or Johnson. Oh, <laughs> uh, and if you have a beef with them, it's like, no, 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 you, you've reached Johnson. You need to call Johnson. Yes. No, you got it it's all spelled wrong. spelled just a little different, see? Like Jansen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said Johnson. Yeah, you weren't listening. I said Jansen. Anyway, and there's anyway. some others that I've never heard of, Cardinal McKeeson and Arma. Armic source, Americ source. I don't know who these people are, but um, we're getting settlement funds, and we're going to use it for. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you what we're going to use them for. Cops. The pharmaceuticals. Pharma- <laughs> You're making yes. fun of me for misspelling pharmaceutical. <laughs> I am. However, it really just lit up like a wildfire in my mind. Because we got to do something about it. They are yeah. creatures that have evolved. To have a special pouch to hold narcotics. First thing we need to do with this money is get those creatures under control. Stitch those pouches up so they can't set up shop on every corner. If they pop pills after midnight, they are known to multiply. Oh, jeez. They're, they're rampant. They're like the feral hogs, the biggest threat to America. I was promised those hogs. They are not here yet. Not yet. Just like the killer I keep, bees. I keep thinking that we can eat them, you know, but I guess we can't. What is the... uh? What is the old meme thing? It was a meme where it's like, well, what am I going to do without an AR-15 when 30 to 50 feral hogs attack my children? Yeah, I think I saw that. <laughs> it's an oddly 30 to 50, but apparently it's a yeah, real concern. Yeah, it's very specific. And, um, And they're not here, so I'm sort of feeling like they're the killer bees. You remember when we were kids and those killer bees were going to come and get us? Right, yeah, killer bees. And then there was murder hornets. I didn't get to see my murder hornet either. I Thank God I didn't. No, no. Are, they look really big and scary. I guess it's too cold up here for murder hornets. So it's too cold for much <laughs> of anything, actually. Yeah, that I, I'm grateful for that. I don't miss scorpions and all that. I mean, you know, I miss my pet tarantula, but my dad stepped on him. Oh, accidentally or? Uh, accidentally. But we just found him on the road. So On the road? Just found him out on the road I, when I lived in New Mexico. So, uh, terrible, though. Yeah, you know, well. It is those scorpions the size of your thumb that will make your legs swell up to like where you can't wear pants. Wow. Terrible. Yeah. That happened to you? That happened to my mom. Ooh. <laughs> that's to wear dresses for a week and a half. I was like, my God. 
Uh, scare. I remember seeing it on the uh, like after the nightly news on some scare show, like when cars attack or when bugs attack. They, they used to do that. Like we only had oh, three okay. channels back back in my day. Um, but I remember seeing that, and I was like, ah, maybe negative thirty isn't so bad. There's right. Uh, All I, you need is one video of a guy with a freaking you know hornet stuck in his ear hole. Right? You, you don't. You, you love the cold after that. Right. <laughs> Ouch. Well, the pharmaceuticals <laughs> are uh, not. Not the feral hogs are uh, out <laughs> to get us. And you're right, they will be on every street corner and they will multiply. It's like if there's a demand, there will be a supply. We are the problem yeah. for pharmaceuticals. That's right. You know, I hear that those companies are leaving out little bowls of pills for the pharmaceuticals. They're encouraging the spread. Ooh, well, they're, it doesn't stop. First the opioid crisis and now this. <laughs> well, uh, sticking on to health care... Hospitals aren't generous, even when they're nonprofit. We're looking specifically at Benefice Health Systems over in Great Falls, whom don't. <laughs> yeah, donated a. Um, they're a nonprofit, so they're required to donate some services to the indignant. I think they is the term they use. Thought of that is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm pretty sure I told you about the uh, billboard they have on 10th Avenue South over there, kind of just touting their facilities as some kind of luxury spa i mean i'm pretty sure that's the doing of a little advertising agency they have downtown that runs out of ideas because they have to work with benefits which has got to be a headache well i don't get it well the average of is eight percent of all there's i guess nearly 50 nonprofit hospitals uh, it's weird to be a nonprofit in both a luxury medical spa do they do plastic it's a surgery scam well? it is a scam <laughs> just saying uh, I, i'm sure that there's a lot of other people in great falls who would attest to this there is nothing charitable or kind about the way they run that business and the the people who are seeking care they seem to come after all the other priorities that's really truly what i believe uh i had a terrible experience with them it does not matter what happened to you it does not matter what happened to you they're they don't care about you. <laughs> Anyways. You're you're right. <laughs> you're right. And <laughs> having been to the ER a, a number of different times, there is a stark contrast to how they treat you, whether it's a workers' comp thing. Um, usually those are in pretty quick. You got to get them get in and out. They're, they're busy. Or <laughs> if it's a, if they know it's a Medicare thing or Medicaid, uh, I think those are second tier. Um, uh, maybe the regular insured or somewhere below or above. But the people without insurance, rock bottom. You're going to sit there oh, man. forever. Even if you have insurance and somebody misdirects you and then somebody else misdirects you again. And I had, I was, I had, was fully insured and paying for my insurance at the time that I had trouble with them. And then of course, you know, if the, if the buck gets passed along to too many people, nobody wants to take responsibility. It'll go around and around. And by the time they figure out what's going on, your insurance time window is going to run out. Right. Weird and how. And who's going to help you? No one Nobody. is the answer. No one. <laughs> but, that is quite correct. But you know that. <laughs> oh, boy, do I. Yeah. So the average Things is... Things had to get pretty serious. I, I had to get a little crazy to get any kind of recognition from those people that there are some serious problems going on and uh, they are not being resolved. It was... It shouldn't have taken uh, the amount of time and effort and heartache that it did 
it's like when you're dealing with certain types of, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of scenarios you could go in there. It should be for... a compassionate system. And I can't say the for-profit Great Falls Clinic is, uh, is much better. Um, so oh, we're in America. We're in America, Jimmy. And, uh, the capitalist and we can do better. We can better. do better here, man. Well, they're a private corporation, so they don't have to report what they're donating or not at Great Falls Clinic. So maybe put that in comparison to what we know about Billings, or not Billings, a uh, uh, benefice. Also, Billings Clinic was mentioned in this. They donated about 5% of their operating expenses to the insolvent. Um, but benefice was almost dead last, only uh, reporting that they, less than 2%. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure whatever they're doing as far as a nonprofit is to avoid paying taxes as they rightfully should as a business that, you know, sucks the soul out of the act of caring for people. Man, I'm I'm just so you're jaded, oh, man. Oh, man. It was a bad experience. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had on top of the worst experiences I've ever had. Because, you know, if you've, you you can lose faith in a lot of things and it's really really depressing when literally every Everything all of the infrastructure failed. that we're told is there to you know care for us and make sure everything's okay is made of tissue paper and it doesn't work so, and uh, it's just there for show to make sure that you feel comfortable enough to keep going to work every day and not you know spin out of control it's, it. it's there to keep you they're like blinders <laughs> there to keep you looking straight ahead don't think about where you actually are. Well, if this incident had happened a few years earlier, they might have offered you opioids to help with the problem. Yeah, right? And man, that would have been cool. Oh, yeah, it might have made I that situation would have been terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> I probably still would have been really, really stoked about that at the time because I was in a place, man. I was in a real place. Well, that would the incident would no longer be your biggest problem. So. No, yeah. <laughs> I have a whole, whole other depressing problem. <laughs> Even more demeaning problems. Great. But 2% from benefits, and you pointed out that they're non, they are non-profit, but only non-profit on paper, I think, because certainly somebody's making money off the thing. In fact, the, uh, the CEO, John Goodnow, um, he gets $1.2 million in direct compensation, not listed as indirect competition uh, uh, and fringe benefits and any other uh, benefits he gets. So he's, uh, he's doing pretty well over there. Oh, I bet he is. Remember when everyone was upset about the CEO of Goodwill making, or the whoever their president mm -hmm. is? I, I forgot what he was. Oh, yeah. It was a million or so, wasn't it? It seemed I'm like, sure it was a lot. Yeah. They do not treat their employees very well at all. You're not an employee. You're Over. a sorting machine. Right. You're. We pay the man. machines per the article of clothing sorted. Yeah, a guy. that guy should totally have come over to the place I was working when I worked for the Goodwill and fixed the safety off switch on the industrial baler that we had that was held on with tape. Oof. Yeah. You can make millions, but they can't afford a switch. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you've got your clients who you take government assistance and money for running that thing. That's not very cool. Yeah, you, you're like willing to sacrifice this person because they're not going to say anything about this, uh, this the condition of this machine. But it's going to be their arm that gets crushed off of there one of these times. 
I would be like, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if today there was like, as part, I created trouble for myself there for speaking up about safety. I was very young and naive. I didn't understand how things worked back then. You thought they were going to fix it. I thought they cared about their clients. I thought they were there to benefit the the people. They were here to serve their community as a nonprofit organization. Nah. No, no, no. And, nah. the and if they can't market sky high <laughs> to sell in their store, they put it in the trash compactor. <laughs> oh, I am. I'm aware. There, I'm. I can't blame them though, man. They, they, man. It is such a crazy place. The poor employees are really put upon. Yeah, and it's. Well, our nonprofits are letting us down, as per always, including Benefice mm -hmm. in, in Great Falls. And I can't speak for everybody that works at Benefice. I know a number of people in different tiers, from all the way up to you know surgeon, from to computers, and oh, to yeah. somebody that washes. It's, the I'm sure there's lots of really good people there, and well, I'm there sure is. there's and amazing nurses. It's the people who. It, it's not the caregivers that are the problem they're they're the people who are getting squeezed for all the value that you know they have out of them by an administrative class that refuses to listen to reason or needs they divorce themselves from the actual operation so that they don't have to care and that's how you make money you don't see the tears in grandma's eyes no, that, that's, that's a real buzzkill. It, yeah, it really total is. bummer, man. How well, am I supposed to enjoy my yacht? Is this is a problem in any Frickin organization grandma. because with the I know a number of teachers and none of them have kind things to say about administration. Mm -hmm. Pretty much yeah. across well, the board. So maybe yeah. it's it's just the nature of being an administrator or a a leader or whatever. But also, I was going to say, benefits. Lots of great people working there. Of course, I know a number of them. But it seems like the people at the bottom have the roughest go of it. And unless you're, you know, an important physician or somebody very beneficial to them, you're you're nothing and expendable. So. Yep. Yep. And yeah, it's 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 rough times out there, and it's hard to stand up and you know stand up for the right thing when you're gonna you know potentially you know get evicted over it or something. It's hard, you know, and even very good people, they're otherwise in other areas of their life, they're fantastic, great, kind, wonderful, generous people, but you know they don't want to lose their job because they got to take care of their family, and I can't blame them for that. People get stuck in really hard places, and they have to. You, you do know. what you got to do. It, yeah, all... it comes down to survival at some point, and. It's really rough stuff. Well, that is is too bad. But this is something that people on the ground knew that, like the the benefits and pretty much any of the insolvent you know charity donating services is nearly non-existent. I know other people that went through and were obviously insolvent for for various reasons and couldn't get their bills. I mean, it went to collections and nobody ever. They never got their money, so you know you're not going to get their money. You're not going to get money from a homeless person. Um, you can never even find them. You can, uh, yeah, for medical bills, I, yeah, they don't have a house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but but still, like in cases like that where it's a win-win, it, one, it pads your books and makes you look more charitable for donating services, um, and also you know you're not going to get your money out of the person anyway. Um, or maybe they do because, you know, debt gets sold to somebody and, you know, benefits or whoever gets money from selling the debt. They do just fine. Yeah. They, they do just fine. They and if do. they can get money from you, they will. And I'm pretty darn sure they still send you to collections agencies. Oh, they, they absolutely do. Um, I know mm -hmm. for a fact. So... Um, Most, uh, nothing that they do is free for you. And even if they tell you that, do not believe them because then your insurance won't work. Oof. 
<laughs> Anyways, go on. <laughs> well, such a uh, well terrible topic. We can talk about something great. It's from Wyoming, but it doesn't involve the crow, who are, of course, in eastern Montana. Yes, this is good news. All right. Earlier this month, December 3rd, the Wyoming District Court for the 4th Judicial District held that the Crow Tribe Treaty Hunters may assert their treaty rights as a defense of prosecution for their hunting rights in Wyoming. Now, most tri- it's this very varied, but I know that most tribes have what's called historical hunting rights without license. So the Blackfeet are able to hunt near Great Falls without having also without limitations so they can go i i believe hunt whenever they they feel like it um cool could be wrong on that uh the salish have the same thing as, as well on the flathead reservation you don't need a fishing license or anything since it's area that they historically uh, harvested i guess you'd say um but this is a step forward but not the big step forward because they're asserting that they can if they're prosecuted for, say, hunting without a license, that they can use their treaty rights as a defense to that. But they uh, still have to go through all that trouble of getting prosecuted. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll have all that hassle still. That's going to suck. And I imagine a lot of these will fall through the cracks because it can imagine... I always say this, but like every law, every single law we have in the books is enforceable by death. Jaywalking, you get a ticket for that. You're like, that's the most ridiculous thing. I walked across the street at the wrong time. I'm not going to go to court for that. (laughs) Um, They're going to find you eventually. And if you say, I have a warrant for jaywalking, that's ridiculous. You're not taking me in for that. See how well that works out for you. So Yeah, it's going to be a rough time. Yeah, a a rough time indeed. But I imagine some of these will fall through the cracks because this treaty right... I can I can imagine a situation where a uh, native hunter was hunting, got charged with poaching or whatever charge that hunting without a license, whatever charge they put it under, and then they're like, "That's ridiculous! I'm native. We have treaty rights to this land," and then like, I'm not gonna go to court for that. That's ridiculous. Well, poor decision, maybe. You see yeah. how well that works out for you, but yikes! That yeah, breeds a whole well, lot still of problems. Come for you. Oh, they yeah. will. Oh man. Well, and, and who's to say they can't drum up some other charge surrounding their trespassing supposedly uh and they just try and charge you with some other bs thing there's, because they know they can't charge you for the thing they want to charge you for there's always something i remember an experience i had with the uh great falls police i had a car and it was mike and dad's car there was a carton of cigarettes in it they were definitely his they were behind mm-hmm. the back seat so weren't mine i've never smoked anyway so Obviously not mine. So we, I was up on the top of Hill 57 with a gal. And I was still in high school at the time. Uh, anybody from yeah, the area is going to know where that is. Hill 57. Yes. But if, that's a good place to get caught, by the way, because they will catch you up there. Every time I've gone up there, somebody's caught me. So, Dude, yeah. Like, it's just what the cops like to do. They're like, hey, knock, knock. You kids being good in there. Well, oh, don't put your shirt on so fast, little lady. What? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's nothing of that going on. Nah. But no, never. Nah. Never, never. Uh, but um, I just remember it being a fishing expedition because I, I knew better. The uh, But I let the girl drive the car, and then they separated us, and she gave them permission to search. Brilliant. Um, oh, you, thanks, sweetie. You never... <laughs> And that they found the cigarettes, and this was essentially my car, but it was my dad's car. He drove it every day, so uh-huh. I'm like, "Oh, she's surprised there's not open beer cans in here. That'd be something." But they found his <laughs> carton of uh, 
of cigarettes. And they're like, well, whose are these? I was like, oh, neither of ours. I mean, it's my dad's car. It might be his. I don't know what to tell you. And so then they went on a fishing expedition because they searched the car. There's no drugs. I'm a good kid. There's no drugs. Um, but all sorts yeah, of you're questions. Awesome guy. They're like, well, how old are you? How old are you? And we were both <laughs> we were both under 18, but I could see that going a different direction. What are you doing up here? You got drugs? Like a hundred different questions on a fishing expedition. So it always ends oh, up yeah. that way. And I forget what I got some sort of crap ticket that I had to go for. It wasn't an MIP mom, because he's like, I'll make you deal. You tear up all these cigarettes and never smoke again. And I was like, Well, I don't You're smoke. Like, my dad's again. gonna be so freaking pissed at me, man. Don't make me tear up my dad's cigarettes. That's just call my dad. Call my dad. He's gonna be really bad. That's what I would say. Uh well that didn't that didn't go very never smoke again, young man. I was uh, okay. <laughs> at least he didn't make you smoke them all. <laughs> Oh, I would have been so sick. <laughs> right, you'd have grounds for a lawsuit now. He's like, I'm addicted to cigarettes now. I was a good kid before the day. Oh, how long does it take to smoke a carton of cigarettes? God, that would probably kill you. You'd end up in the hospital, man. Oh. <laughs> It'd take a long time to smoke a pack, even. And how many packs are in it? There's 12 of them? Or, I don't know, but a number of them. Oh, yeah, a whole carton. There's like, that's like 120 cigarettes. <laughs> So, you can share them with your girl, you know, one for me, one for you. You can take turns. You get a little break between cigarettes. Oh, would have died. But I I, well, yeah. I think it was a curfew ticket or something, and I'm like, I didn't even know we had a curfew. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I bet you it was something silly like that. It was, and I got it dismissed, luckily. Or I guess it really wouldn't matter to pay a $35 fine. But uh, anyway, they will find something. Oh, looks like your left taillight's a little brighter than your right one. Hmm. So much to look into that. So, like, maybe if they, like, can, can you hit things with your car and call it hunting? Because that would have helped me when a stupid deer jumped in front of my car. I remember Still that. can't believe I get tickets for that. It's like, lady, I have, I, this is Montana. I didn't, he was in on my road. I tried to stop. I did not mean to damage this deer. Well, what was it? She, leaving like, the scene of an accident? Like, wrote me a ticket like I hit and run somebody's freaking property. It's like, I'm seriously, man. Well, I that remember, looks so bad on me. Uh, I drove you out there, leaving the scene of an accident, and, like, she shows uh, up. She's, oh, she, you weren't there at first, right? And then showed up. She's like, is this your car? I was like, no, no, I'm just helping. It's not my car. And... And then yeah. she, did she even give you the ticket or she give that to, to me? It was like, hand this to Beth. <laughs> and then left. Did you God. even see her? Because uh, I remember her speeding off. Like, apparently there was something. Right. Yeah. Like, first I wasn't there because, you know, I was stranded outside of Lincoln and uh, not and far from home. So I called somebody to come and get me so I could figure out what I could do to move the car in the first place. But there was a day in between me going up there and figuring that out and then gathering the resources and people to help me get the car back so it was my birthday too <laughs> <laughs> great birthday but ever yeah, since so that... i just wanted to have a good night you know before i come deal with the wreckage of you know you know the general wreckage of my life <laughs> but ever since then i have i've hit a few deer since and i've always called the highway patrol and every single yep. time i'm like hey i hit a deer my car still drives Nobody's injured. Uh, they're like, yeah, why are you calling us? I was like, uh, I right. you, thought you wanted to know <gasps> these things. <laughs> Last person I knew that didn't call you got a ticket. You know, I I respect a lady cop, but sometimes I think 
sometimes I think that they just go hard on other ladies. <laughs> like, I don't like how your hair looks today. You you killed this deer and it's state property. You hit state property and you ran away. <laughs> That's Damage what I think. Property. Hit and I don't know. I don't know. I'm <laughs> surprised you didn't get a felony. Jeez. I tried to call her again too, and I was like, "Are you sure you are you sure you want to give me this ticket? Like, is there any way you could like give me something else? Because it makes it look like I ran into somebody's property and left, and I didn't do that." Well, that's the uh, the state of law enforcement. We leave it up to discretion. I can I can imagine that if you're a a game warden or another Leo that sees somebody hunting. Well, without a license and definitely at a season that you'd want to investigate and then when you find out that you know they're native and you can't do a thing about it that you might get a little pissed and be like yeah we'll see if i can't do anything about this and then cause yourself right. a ruckus uh, yeah yeah man uh, it sounds like a, a blessing but it sounds like there's a, still a lot of hassle in between you getting uh, uh, using that as a defense to your prosecution because you still have to get prosecuted and then <laughs> then defend it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And just like anything in Native Matters, like you take a step forward and like this is this is great, but you peel it back a little bit and there's a whole lot of riffraff with it. Um with oh, yeah. just Man. about everything. So anyway, it ties back into the uh the Salish managing the bison range now that it's uh that the sort of the US government doesn't want to deal with it anymore. Um and they're trying to make the federal government is trying to pack together with native tribes to search for land and climate change solutions. So it kind of feels like passing the buck in a way, even if the tribes are getting what they want and what they uh, deserve and what's been entreated to them. But you don't trust the federal government. They, there's Yeah. Anyway. I, I feel like the most positive ex like advice I've ever had, most useful advice I've ever heard is cover your own ass. <laughs> Well, that is the end of the list, so I guess we'll put this Montana Voices podcast in the books, and I'll uh, read through our news here. Or not, we, call, we used to call it the news, but then we would actually talk about the news. Um, and the business. We'll call it the business. Montana Voices. The business. Yep, we are at montanavoicespodcast.com is our main website, where you can find every one of our episodes listed. Podcast at gmail.com is where you can reach out to us. We are also on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube at Montana Voices Podcast. 